Coming up, it's philosophy talk. Mightn't somebody argue that all creative art comes about through something like a mutation in the mind? Memes. Viruses of the mind? Mutation in the mind. Mutation in the mind. We've heard of the selfish gene. What about the selfish meme? A meme is not equivalent to an idea. It's not an idea. It's not equivalent to anything else, really. It's that which is imitated or information which is copied from person to person. Our guest is Susan Blackmore, author of The Meme Machine. All other species on this planet are gene machines only. They don't imitate at all well. We alone are gene machines and meme machines as well. Do popular ideas spread because they're useful or because they're infectious, like a nasty disease? Any information that is varied and selected will produce design. Memes, viruses of the mind, coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that started Philosopher's Corner down at Stanford. Stanford is where Ken and I teach philosophy. Today, our topic is memes and the evolution of culture. You know, Ken, I bet when most of our listeners hear the word meme, they think first of the Internet and the viral spread of things like planking or maybe new expressions like LOL or Gangnam Style or the Harlem Shake. No, we may touch on that stuff, John, but that's mostly not what we want to talk about. We want to discuss a serious scientific hypothesis about the evolution of human culture. And that hypothesis is that memes are to cultural evolution as genes are to biological evolution. Now, genes, I get, John. They're self-replicating packets of biological information. All that genes want, figuratively speaking, according to the selfish gene hypothesis, is to replicate themselves. There's this competitive process of natural selection that determines which ones will, will succeed in replicating. The winners in that process, the most fit ones, proliferate. The others, the losers, die off. It's the same with memes, Ken. Memes are self-replicating, too. They don't encode instructions for building proteins in our bodies like genes do, but rather instructions for building behaviors, beliefs, and emotions in our brains. Like genes, they compete with each other. The memes that win survive, the memes that lose die off. But I always get hung up on the fact that there's a huge difference between the way genes spread and the way, let's call them ideas, spread. Genes make actual physical copies of themselves. Ideas don't do that. Well, admittedly, the mechanism by which ideas replicate and spread is different from the mechanism by which genes replicate and spread. But I don't see that that's a problem, is it? Well, it, it is. It is, John, because, you know, look, we pass on actual physical copies of our genes onto our offspring, actual physical copies. We don't do that with ideas. My ideas, they might influence your ideas, but my ideas are just my ideas. They're forever confined to my head. Well, you're being too literal. Think of what you just did. You had an idea. You put it into words. I heard the words. 
Maybe I have the same idea. I at least consider it if I don't believe it. Think about how culture is passed on from generation to generation. You grow up hearing what your parents think about religion. You grow up hearing your parents speak in one language rather than another. It's no accident that we tend to adopt the religion of our parents, at least that's for a start, and, and, and speak the language of our parents. That's all non-genetic inheritance. That's the kind of thing that means can help us understand. Well, look, I'm not trying to deny that there is a sense in which we get ideas and beliefs and practices from other people. I mean, I grant you, most of what we know, we, we learn from other people. But that doesn't mean that ideas or memes, if you want to call them that, literally replicate themselves in our brain. Well, why doesn't it mean that? Well, suppose you have an idea for how to do something. Maybe I, I hear and I learn and I, I like your idea, maybe. Maybe I even decide to adopt it or, or I try to improve upon it somehow. None of that is the idea's doing. It's my doing. It's not that ideas actively replicate themselves. I actively adopt some ideas and reject others. I see, Ken. You think the person or the mind or the self is in the driver's seat. You have this picture of a person kind of rationally weighing the pros and cons of various ideas and then autonomously deciding which ideas to adopt and which ideas to discard. How outmoded. Outmoded? Isn't that what we do in philosophy all the time, John? Don't, don't we do the same thing in science, too? Look, we consciously put our ideas under scrutiny. We put them to the test. We keep the ones that survive the scrutiny. We reject the ones that don't. That's our doing. Well, you know, people sometimes do a little genetic engineering, uh, uh, but that's just peripheral. That's around the edges of the basic process. It's the same with ideas. Most of our ideas are not the product of rigorous scientific experimentation or philosophical thinking. If they were, our idea, our heads wouldn't be filled with the many awful, pernicious ideas that are there. Well, you got a point there. I grant you that. That just shows you that philosophy and science can act as antidotes to bad thinking. No, the point is that for most of us, most of the time, acquiring an idea from another person is more like catching a cold than testing a hypothesis. Catching a cold? You're comparing ideas to viruses now? Viruses of the mind, Ken, that spread through a contagion-like process. And now that would make our brains what, John? A virally infected host? Exactly right. Self-replicating ideas use our brains to get more of their kind into existence. Well, gosh, John, you got that analogy. Well, you know that uh, viruses can be quite detrimental to their hosts. Well, that's exactly right. So are many memes. Take the suicide bombing meme. My brother blows himself up for some cause or another. I see that, and I end up blowing up myself for some cause or another. The meme of suicide bombing for the cause does fine, as it's shown on TV and reported in the paper. My brother and I, we're dead. Memes don't replicate for our benefit. They replicate for their own benefit. So now first we had the selfish gene hypothesis, and now we have the selfish meme hypothesis. Exactly. That is to say, the selfish meme meme has now used me to infect your mind. Well, I'm not entirely convinced, so I'm still trying to ward off that infection. But, you know, I admit I don't really have a better story right now about why so many silly or harmful ideas like the ones you just mentioned do manage to spread so widely. Well, for a close-up look at how memes spread, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Esch. She went out into the wild where some surprising memes have gained a foothold. She files this report. What makes an idea like planking catch on? 
Here's a clip from the 2011 season premiere of The Office. Planking is a very stupid and dangerous trend. Basically, you lie like a plank in weird places. That's it. Sometimes you get run over. Welcome to the internet. Planking is one of those things where, hey, you either get it or you don't. And I don't, but I am so excited to be a part of it. According to Wikipedia, the term planking was coined by an Australian carpenter about five years ago. He created a Facebook page to share planking photos, and the idea just caught on. People all over the world posted photos of themselves lying face down on desks, on live animals, even on a toilet. Plenty of people have been injured while planking, and at least one person even died. Then there are the planking spin-offs, like horsemaning, where you pretend to be headless, or batmaning, where you hang upside down in bizarre locations, and vadering, where you pretend to suspend someone in the air with an invisible chokehold like Darth Vader. All of these are examples of internet memes, a modern-day twist on an old term. I think what people mean when they say meme is uh, an idea or you know a little bit of video or something that uh, catches on and spreads widely. Rob Boyd is a biological anthropologist at Arizona State University. He confirms that the way the term is used today to describe an internet fad is different from its original definition. The word meme dates back to the late 19th century. Then in 1976, Richard Dawkins reclaims the idea in the last chapter of his book, The Selfish Gene, comparing the way ideas spread to genes. Memes do the same as genes, only by different routes. And they potentially survive bodily death, just as genes do. Ideas will evolve just like genes. There'll be natural selection, and um, we can take a lot of the same machinery and apply it to ideas. At Arizona State, Boyd studies the evolution of cultural transmission. He says five million years ago, humans, like other animals, were non-cultural creatures. That is, we learned largely on our own. Now we learn entirely from other people. Even the simplest hunting gathering societies rely on knowledge and technology and institutions which are far beyond the capacities of individuals to create. For example, Inuits in northern North America use skin boats to hunt seals and whales, vitally important for survival. Boyd says the idea of a kayak is beyond what a single person might dream up. No person invents a kayak. Kayaks are, arise gradually and slowly over time. Uh, through the efforts of many individuals and the transmission of their efforts through time. This uniquely human process of transmitting ideas is fascinating. Why do certain materials or kayak designs catch on and others don't? Why, for example, did the Aleut people make kayaks with a forked bow? The meme answer is, well, because people found it more attractive. It spread, right? But that really doesn't answer the question. It's not enough to say an idea caught on. Boyd wants to know why. Is it because it's functionally more important? So some marine architects have said that it leads to a more efficient bow design. You can actually paddle the kayak a little faster. Other people have said, well, it's a stylistic thing, you know what I mean? And it has to do with distinguishing the Aleuts from their other Inuit neighbors or Yupik neighbors. Boyd doesn't really buy into the whole meme argument. One of the problems with the meme point of view is that it, it doesn't spend enough time worrying about the causal mechanisms that give rise to the selective processes that cause some ideas to spread and other ideas not. Which brings us back to planking. Why would millions of people take pictures of themselves lying face down and post them to the internet? Well, that might be a question better answered by philosophers. Kids, don't try planking. It's dangerous. For Philosophy Talk, 
I'm Caitlin Esch. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.